people who are artists that are listening to this i'm talking to you listen to what i'm about to say because it's actually valuable and i hope it helps your music take off you're like man i worked hard i spent like five hours on this video it's the best content i've ever made five views and you're like yo what the heck i think we need more like realness you just gotta be you know real art is the human experience and the human experience is broken and that's what makes it beautiful in a weird way Hey, welcome to Table Moments, the homies podcast. We talk about anything and everything but no politics. I'm your host and captain, Ayman. This week, we have a very special guest. He's racked up nearly a million Spotify streams in 2023 with 219,000 listeners in 171 countries. An artist from the East Coast with bangers like Pressure and my personal favorite, Ready or Not, the artist you'll get to hear about before he blows up, Elijah C. Brooks. Which, which what do you, what do you go by? I, it's Asia. So Asia. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> my bad. No, you good, bro. You good. I'm in the process of rebranding it. So I started as Elijah, and now as I'm growing, I'm done my name. Nearly a million Spotify streams in 2023. That is a crazy accomplishment. I'm sure people want to know how you did that. I can't take all the credit. I was working with some talented people who um, we kind of created a strategy together but I did it for a mix of couple of a couple things. So step one is uh, just making short form content, uh, whatever creative ideas someone can come up with. Nowadays, it's always nice to have like a, a Sony camera or something that gets super dope quality, but uh, you can do a decent amount of work with just a nice iPhone, to be honest. Uh, so yeah, that's the iPhone Chronicles, man. Uh, and I made, I shot music videos and a bunch, a bunch of TikToks. And then when I found like maybe every 50 TikToks that I made, two of them went really well and like, you know, shot up on engagement or just got a decent amount of views. Uh, And then those are the ones that I like really pushed. Uh, So if I had any type of ad spend, um, that's, that was like, okay, this is the song and this is the creative that really sticks with people. So. Yeah. uh, I I was actually thinking about that today like people don't understand like when you're doing just organic content and trying testing creatives out there most of them won't work most of yep. them it's, yep. it's a crazy amount like, all like 90 percent. yeah it's I, I was actually thinking about uh like building the graph of all the videos i think i've posted over seven 700 over 700 on instagram over 900 on TikTok, including stitches and stuff and it's only a handful less than one percent of them that actually performed stupidly well and that is responsible for the entire growth of both audiences on TikTok and Instagram. And so like when Gary V, like, you know, he does all this content stuff, urging people to just put content out there. The reason why he says that is because this is how the math works out. Most of them won't work. 99% of them won't work. But that 1%, once you find it, then you can actually deploy that more strategically like you did with ad spend. You kind of have to have the willpower to constantly put stuff out there knowing it's likely going to fail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and deal with the creator's depression, you know, because it's like you want your stuff. To, you're like, man, I worked hard. I spent like five hours on this video. It's super cool. Like, this is the best content I've ever made. Five views. And you're like, yo, what the heck? Yeah. Um, but you know, you know what it really comes down to is the algorithm because I'm the artist that never went viral. Um, I, I haven't, I think my most viewed video was at like 15,000. That's really no low numbers compared to people who go viral and like get a million views and really launch their career. And one thing that I learned is you can chase that, like that one big video that it takes, you know, starts the way for you, but you don't really need it at the end of the day. Uh, and the algorithm, just the, depending on your engagement, the type of content you're putting out there, uh, what you're talking about, how you look, can lower your views a lot. And it makes it seem like it's not valuable to people. But even if you're reaching 100 people or like even my TikTok, I think I'm stuck at the two to 300 <laughs> range. It never got out of it. Just, you know, just stuck there. Uh, every time I post a video, though, it uh, reaches another two to 300 people. Right. And slowly because I knew as an artist, my music was really good that every 200 people I hit, there goes 10 more that start streaming. There goes another 10. There's another 20. Um, you know, it's built like that. So yeah, yeah. like those small little pebbles stack up. Yeah. And so yeah, it's, it's just weird. like you got to like put it, put the work in there. I, I feel sorry for people who have a viral video blow up like on their first few videos or their first song or whatever, because if it happens that way, you don't you haven't built 
the quality behind the content and probably the product that you're trying to push to people. So in your case, it's like music. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it's like media and content. And so you get into this trap hungry for that viral success again, which is a hard thing to come by. And you don't know that 99% of them or don't have the experience that 99% of them won't work. And so it's like you build that resilience. And then when you do have the fortune of those like ones that perform outperform you already have all the like you know how to deal with the negative comments you know how to deal with like uh, responding to people messaging you know how to deal with like you learn the skills of like actually making content too which i think is part of the the process and the grind and then especially when you back it up with like what you're trying to push to people which is like really good music then it essentially just pushes itself at some point where people start sharing it with each other and if you could get to that point then it's like then it becomes easier but the beginning's always the hardest that's facts that's facts for sure and i've had to deal with the same thing with my stuff too like constant experimentation trying to share audio clips from a podcast with no brand or name recognition at all got into the whole TikTok game just sharing thoughts or whatever and then earlier this year had my first thing that went crazy viral but that's after like hundreds of videos i've already posted so at that point it's, video just like, was that? it's a weird one it was a video about doordash if you can I'm believe really it <laughs> yeah dude yeah, relatable like <laughs> yeah yeah and that's one thing that it taught me is like relatability is a really big thing so whatever content you're putting out there if there's something that people can sort of like understand or you're speaking something that relates to something that they've experienced. In this case, this was DoorDash drivers. There was a viral clip of a guy eating this lady's food in his car that he was supposed to deliver to her. And everyone was getting the situation wrong. It looked bad like he was just eating her food or like he stole it. But in reality, I've done DoorDash once and I know what happens. If someone doesn't pick up their food in a timely manner, then the service tells them you can go and start delivering other orders and that food is theirs. That's what actually happened. And I have actually been in that situation. So I ended up talking about it and the details and be quick with picking up your food guys. So I gave them some useful advice. And then also the drivers were all in the comment section. Like, yeah, this exactly happens to me all the time and everything. And so it sort of created this sort of conflict between people who order food and the drivers who deliver it. Really? And yeah, dude, I think that first day it got over like 2 million views. And wow. then, it, yeah. And then right now it's sitting at 27 million on TikTok. And you said that casually, like, oh yeah, just 27 M, bro. Like, dude. I didn't, it, it is crazy. And I, it's just like, I remember talking with my brother while it was happening. Like we were both like dumbfounded. Like, I can't believe this, all the work I put in, which is like at least year and a half, two years of work trying to promote this podcast. And finally this one video led to like a blow up in streams from, of the podcast. But I mean, it was just a crazy thing to happen. And like your point, you don't actually need to have a nice camera yet. Eventually it's nice to like upgrade the equipment and make that all better. But I shot that on an iPhone with bad lighting and it was the content that spoke. People overestimate equipment feeling ready. It's more like you just got to go make quality stuff and make it happen. Yeah, just make it happen, man. How's your experience been on the music side? So with what you're talking about, music and creating videos is exactly the same. It's like when you make music, it's like one of the only industries that you only have to be good 1% of the time. And when you think about just about the history of every artist ever, uh, that song that really blew up and took off for them was like one out of how many hundreds of songs they put out. And then everyone started to find their other things. And it was like, okay, this is a really talented person. But one song can literally completely change your career. And I don't know, I think that's, I just think that's cool. For me, uh, my journey with videos, it started on TikTok uh, the same way. Like, you know, I was just posting, posting content. And it really came down to experimenting what uh, my audience liked and what they didn't like it's basically like the scientific method bro <laughs> like you you make something you see uh, okay a lot of people commented but it didn't get any views like why it was in 2022 actually i put out pressure uh, i think at the end of december uh, december 2022 and i had no marketing plan for it I, like not at all i had no clue what i was doing and i was like man screw it i just have to start putting music out i can't keep holding on to stuff and hoping that you know i don't you're hoping and wishing and not doing anything and so i put it out and what i did is i created like five buckets so people who are artists that are listening to this i'm talking to you listen to what i'm about to say because it's actually valuable and i hope it helps your music take off i created like five buckets like a b c d bucket each one i had a content like uh type 
as far as was it a comedic video was it just me like rapping in the camera was i rapping in my car whatever it is the ideas that i had and then i made like maybe 10 to 20 videos in each uh, bucket so when pressure came out i just released all of those at the same time and what happens is like you know like two to three posts a day you'll find like out of the 50 60 100 however many you make a couple of them perform well that's when you the ad spend gets really interesting because you can with Facebook ads specifically, you can run um, digital ads that are based off of a warm audience. So when you're posting a lot of content organically, what you're teaching Facebook's algorithm is like, okay, this is what this like your audiences it might be you know women who are 35 that live in the midwest or like white males who live in florida and whatever i don't know this once you do that you can then start running ads based off of that look-alike audience and, and so your ad spend gets down to like 10 cents a click or 15 cents a click and i was like about with only spending maybe like 200 300 a month which is very really nominal ad spend i was getting like crazy numbers um of people who a liked my music b were based off of the organic following that i had i don't know if that made sense that makes a lot of sense because i don't think people understand the difference between a cold lead and a warm lead and so like a cold lead is someone basically like all the mailers you'll get in the mail people pushing advertising or brochures to you not knowing who you are or your demographic information or anything like that mm -hmm. and by the nature of it you end up spending a lot more money on ads because it's less targeted but because you put in the work and the effort to put organic content train the algorithm on the type of person who likes your type of music then um, reaching the right correct people is one good for the ad platform too because they're giving people exactly what they want exactly. it is an ad but it is something that they want or something music that they favor and then two, it charges you less because you're making their job easier. And so it's a win for both you and the ad platform um, exactly. because you put in all that uh, work in, in the organic part, which yeah. I don't think people understand, but it's like, it's probably, if I had to guess, it's like multiples cheaper ads than doing a cold outreach. And more effective too because more effective yeah and and what's crazy is so like it's just a four-step process create as many videos as you can take the best three or four of all those videos run ads on it rinse and repeat with the look-alike audience what's interesting is you can almost like develop uh warmer and warmer leads so as an artist the hardest thing is like how do you monetize off of music and truthfully even the biggest artist in the world i think it was michael jackson uh only got like two pennies off of each album that he sold right and think of how big how crazy it was now for him that's still millions of dollars but only two pennies out of you know that's crazy yeah. and when you think of spotify streams it's like eighth of a penny that you're getting each stream so no artist actually makes money from the music itself they make money from everything around it and your music is almost just like a billboard that that helps you connect with people but how do you monetize from it so if you use digital ads well you created that lookalike audience you created warm leads um so they're they're tapped in with the music they're listening to everything and then you can run retargeted campaigns to anyone that performed a specific action on your content mm -hmm. so if people who dm'd you right those might be the ones that are like most interested because they're like want to talk to you right then you can retarget them like hey i got a t-shirt or hey i have a card game or whatever you're trying to sell more than likely going to uh, support you because they like you as an artist and you can base that off of whatever action they took on your page although digital ads can be expensive if you don't if you just kind of don't know what you're doing if you take the time to figure it out even spending a hundred bucks a month that is super targeted you can times three like your um your profit um where however much you spend you're actually getting that back so it just runs like a machine yeah this is actually a metric in e-commerce ROAS, return on ad spend, how much money you make per dollar you spend on ads. If you do it like you're just describing, very targeted and strategic about it, plus building the lookalike audience and all that, then you can actually get paid to run ads. And that's essentially what you end up doing. You make more money. Obviously, you have to have something to offer, some way to monetize, but which I don't know. My, my position on this stuff on media has always been like the audience is useful beyond just what the platforms are willing to pay you, which is why I think I think it's foolish for people to focus too much on like, is YouTube paying you? Is Instagram paying you? Is TikTok paying you? It's like, no, the, the fact that you have an audience and you've built an, a community of people who like what you like or, or like what you're 
producing means now you can monetize with something that you can offer them. And that is, I don't know if you can put a monetary value on that. Right. Um, that's the bigger opportunity. And so like, I think people get too hung up on like monetization directly from the platforms. I just consider it a loss leader. This is how you build your audience so that then you got to go do the business part of actually offering something mm -hmm. quality. And that's where your music comes in. It is really good music. And <laughs> I'm not even into that type of music, but I was like, I was just listening to it last night. I was like, yo, like, it's really good. Thank it's you. really good. How long have you been doing music for? Man, I've been making music since I was um, 16, I think. Uh, and it wasn't until um, I'm 25 now. It wasn't until I was, I think, uh, like 23, 22, 23, that I was like, okay, let me actually start figuring this out. Uh, let's see if I can build a career here. Uh, I love business. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, a lot of people don't know this about me, but like I also have um, a company that I started. And so I was like, yeah, let me make music work for me because it's my sole passion. And yes, yeah, so I've been doing it for a long time. And how involved uh, in the music production process are you? Like, I know there's some people who just who find beats or instrumentals and they mm -hmm. do the how involved and deep do you get into this stuff? So I am that person that is not classically trained at all. And it's all by ear. Um, I'll like sometimes I'll just come up with a little beat combo and then I'll send it to someone who actually has the technical skills to help me build a beat around it. I guess I'm like a Rick Rubin rapper, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I just know what I like and I know it sounds good. And so uh, I thankfully do have pretty talented producers that I work with. Uh, shout out to uh, Ty Jam, shout out to Saucier Todd, shout out to Cam Ezra. Um, all of those people um, really help uh, me craft my sound into where it is today. But yeah, you know, as far as the writing process to the recording to um the beat selection or even on some songs i'll like basically say like this is how i want it to sound so yeah i would say i'm pretty involved for sure yeah because like i've just been dabbling with like logic pro and like building in instrumentals and stuff just for myself my own consumption but i always hesitate with like oh it's not quite there yet it's not quite there yet it's missing something but i don't know what it's missing you know you find yourself in those situations where it's just like it's not quite ready and i don't know what's missing and then i can see how a lot of people could be in a situation like i am where i just don't release or don't put it out there because of that how do you tackle those kind of situations as an artist like i think that's always going to happen you're always going to feel like something is not good enough or or there's something missing or whatever it is what my metric is if i like it if it's if it's cool to me and it makes me feel good it gets me up in the morning or, or helps me work through an emotion then it, then it's good enough to put out uh and that's kind of where i have that that balance a little bit um, to not get too hung up on it because there's always going to be the next product project. And that's why I say content creation is akin to music because imagine like you're editing a video and you're like, man, I wish I had just another angle to the shot or whatever it is. You can be hung up about it. You can spend two hours like retracing your steps and going back and shooting that and then going back to editing and doing all that stuff. But really you're just wasting time when you can just move on to the next video. And it's the same with the same with production. It's the same with writing like cool. I didn't really like how that turned out, but but I'll just move on to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> keep pushing, you know? Yeah. It's the 1% rule. You just need one song that blows up. And it's weird because I do take that approach when it comes to these videos. And the funny thing is, and uh, let me know if this is true for like the songs you release. Like, I don't know which videos are going to be the one that go stupid viral. I just don't know. Like, it turns out for the Instagram one, it was a video about microwaves. Um, which I, I did not put that much thought into it. I was just like, this is one of those things I've told myself, like, if I come up with an idea, let's shoot it. Let me write the script for it. Cut it up. See what happens. It. Yeah, see what happens. That's literally how it goes. It's like, there's no further planning. There's no like strategic, like, oh, this is the element that's going to make people share it. It was by accident and it's sitting at 10 million views because people were sharing it with each other. And that's the thing I discovered about Instagram. I don't know about the algorithm. I was late to Instagram. I hear stories about how Instagram used to be where, you know, people used to be able to see the stuff that you posted. Your followers uh, meant that they would see the stuff that you you post. But now, at least according to the CEO of Instagram, like most people are sharing through DMs and stories. And that's what I found to be true for Instagram. 
like people were sharing that microwave video because of a word I used that triggered some caution, even though I never intended it to be. So there were some people suspicious of microwaves, like <laughs> they're dangerous devices because I used the word radiation. Uh, I'm right. <laughs> dude, it's weird, man. And then thankfully people in the comment section were like correcting people on it. So I appreciate all the scientifically literate people there who were like telling them that's different from the nuclear stuff. But because of that, people were sharing like I haven't owned a microwave in eight years, 10 years, whatever. And then at the end, and I also put a useful tip, like put your food near the edge of the microwave plate because there's a dead spot sometimes in the center. People were sharing that one tip, that section of the video. Because people were sharing it, it had that natural virality. One person would see it, share it with like their story, which multiple people would see it, who would then share it on their stories. And so I was getting a bunch of notifications of people sharing it in their stories. And so it's like beyond the algorithm. If you can make a piece of content that people are compelled to share without you asking them, they just do it themselves. That's what a, how I figured out Instagram, at least at least recently. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And so it's a hard thing to do. And I've only done it three times, but that's enough to grow the account to like mm -hmm. nearly 49,000 followers. So what would you say for someone like, I guess, like an artist, right? Because the hardest thing that I have found is it's always tricky on how to like tap in and like even starting with trending sounds um, on TikTok, they say use trending sounds. That's going to help, you know, reach more people, which is very true. But I don't I'm more stuck because I'm like, I want to promote, promote my music. You know, I don't want to say promote other people's music. That's the whole purpose of me starting the TikTok, right? right? So how do like what would you say is a way an artist can tap in and kind of create viral type content without every post just being about their music all the time? I don't know. I think it'd be interesting to showcase your personality. I'm, I'm sure especially like artists tend to be more creative and different from the average person. Also sharing the creative process might be interesting. I can come up with a bunch of ideas, but here's the thing, like I haven't actually had to grow like a creative account, like a, a music thing. So mm -hmm. I would just experiment a lot. Like you're saying, it's like if every post is about your music, then it comes off as like you're pushing it too much maybe. But and it's not there's no variety. And plus, I think people resonate with personalities. Like if you think about the artists people love, the musicians people listen to all the time. Yes, they love the music, but they also, because of the lyrics and the messages and the type of personality that they portray, they're building a sort of connection, like a parasocial relationship, as some might say, which is like that one-way relationship that an audience member can connect with someone, some content or content creator they consume, although the content creator might not know they even exist at all. Another way to do that is even through podcasting, which is why I think it'd be cool if we could like cut up some of these clips and you can use it on your platform to mm -hmm. give people game on all the stuff you've learned, especially there's a lot of musicians and artists out there who are looking to figure this stuff out and giving them a shortcut and then sharing your personality could be a way to tell people who you are. Awareness is always the biggest problem. Thanks. Yeah, so you solve that problem and then people are curious. It's like, all right, he says he does music. Let me check it out. And then they'll hear pressure and it's like, yo, that's a banger. <laughs> you know, bro, you know what's funny about pressure too, man? Yeah. That that song Don't tell me you're one of those like uh Joe Budden who hates uh his number one thing. Oh no, no, no. I don't hate it at all. I love it. It's just okay. it's just the the process is interesting um as an artist because every song just represents a moment in time. And a good friend of mine, uh Greg, told me he was like, Well, at the end of the game, when you're facing you like your creator, right? Like your your music or your art is almost the story of you. And I, I think that's what's so interesting because like when I look back on that song that I made, I'm I'm a different person now. Like I'm literally not the same. I could never go back to that. And that's not a bad thing. It's just as we grow and become as people. Um, and so when I listened to it, I'm just like, man, like my voice sounded so young. Like I, <laughs> I, it's just, it's just interesting. But when someone who's never heard me before or, and listened to the song for the first time and it's new to them, it still has that same impact. And I just think that's really interesting. Yeah. It's like a snapshot of your personality in time. Yeah. It's, it's nice to look back to. Like I even look at back at some of like the older videos. I mean, the first ones I made were just awful. And <laughs> I didn't but here's the thing, when you first start out, you don't know how bad you are. And so it's like I thought they were bangers. I thought they were great. I thought it was good content. And then I just look back, I'm like, oh my God, that was so bad. And I'm sure I'm gonna look back at the stuff I've been making now. And even now, like I've recently undergone some like spiritual growth and I'm just looking even just a few weeks back, some of the older videos and how much I cursed in the videos that I was posting. I'm 
I'm just like, man, this is kind of cringe, <laughs> but it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, and it's just the journey. And the cool thing is like over time, you can look back and people can look back to and see the transformations you've undergone. I guess for some people that might be a little too vulnerable, but I think part of the whole creative process and sh you're, you're essentially sharing a part of yourself, which is why I also noticed like a lot of creatives, they put so much of themselves out there, which is why it's so it's hard to sometimes be objective about your own work. I've noticed this when it comes to like video editing. I've gotten to the point that now I can understand how others will perceive my content. But at the beginning, when I was first editing, it's like you keep too much in there because everything feels important because it's something you said. I, I don't know if it translates to music too, but like you're saying, if it's the emotional state you were feeling at the time, it was what you were feeling. It's a part of who you were. It's personal. And so like with the whole AI stuff, I can understand why people get really sensitive about it, who actually create original work out here. At the same time, it's technology. So it's like, you kind of have to adapt at the same time. And it's, mm -hmm. I don't know, what are your thoughts on it? I think it's a uh, real man. So like uh, for me, I haven't put out a song since March of 2023 actually i kind of went through this process where i broke a little bit um as a creative because i was just churning out music i was putting out like releases week after week after week after week and it's got to the point to where it wasn't any soul in it you know when you get so when you become a well-oiled machine like i can make a song sound good it's not hard for me to do that but it's a difference for me just between making it sound good and actually like you know take this in like this is life energy in here what happened for me is that it um it just broke me to where i was like i don't even know who i am anymore what i want to talk about or why i started creating in the first place and it took me months to to find myself creatively again so when it comes to like ai i think art is supposed to be inefficient it, art is supposed to be human and don't get me wrong i use ai tools like my um the company that i'm building um OBA AI OBI <laughs> is using computer vision to like assess vehicle damage and like so efficiency is super important right and like I'm a big proponent of that and I like technology love technology but when it comes to art it just art is your soul and it's the brokenness it's the ugliness like sometimes when I um, am making a song I purposefully don't want people to understand what I said because I want them just to feel it so I'm just like you know breathing into the mic <laughs> but it sounds cool and it like it, it hits you know art is the human experience and the human experience is broken and that's what makes it beautiful in a weird way so when it comes to AI I feel it I think a lot of people will benefit from it but it just gets to a point of like, what is your motivation? And I think true, true creatives create because they have to like being an artist is not like, you didn't just wake up like, mm, I think I wanna do this and do it for the rest of my life and spend all this time on it. Like, you know, you felt this push, this desire, this need, like this affirmation, like, hey, I think I need to, to put my energy in this space. And so, yeah, being an artist is just special and unique. And I don't I don't know if it should be watered down, you know, and it will be. It's like I, like yeah. technology is going to take over. It's going to happen. But I just don't subscribe to that. You know, I think I want to stand. I, I stand on I stand on business. Right. I stand in a different direct or in another area. So, yeah, I have a prediction about it. I think people who are proponents of AI are people who probably haven't had to put creative work out there like part of their soul where or that connection with the divine some people might describe it like you know you were in the zone and for some reason whatever was the circumstances of that situation you were able to express it and so people who've never had that or have put effort towards that don't know that you know just generating stuff from ai doesn't create those kind of that kind of work. And so they lack the judgment of even being able to tell what is or isn't good creative work. As far as these tools be able to generate stuff, it's cool, they can produce a lot of content. And like you said, probably even water it down. But at the same time, as we know, only 1% of your stuff, despite putting all that effort will actually hit. So I think for when it comes to AI generated stuff, it's gonna be far less than 1% that actually hits. It'll look pretty, it might sound cool, but it won't speak to the soul. So I'm not too worried about it. This is my prediction. I, I, I would say creatives shouldn't be too worried about it. If someone just needs some artwork for their website because they're selling some knickknack or whatever, yeah, they'll use some AI tool or whatever. But if it's like a piece of art that speaks to someone that they would want to hang in their wall or the cover of some album that spoke to them or something, that's a whole different thing. And so I think there's that delineation and it's hard seeing where that line might be right now, but 
I'm not too worried about it is what I'd say. Fair Although enough. I think it could be a useful tool for people who are actually creative just as an element to be able to do more with less. I think that's true for sure. Um, I, again, I think using tools to make your life easier is nothing wrong with that. But when it just gets to the point, like, are you using a tool or are you becoming the tool? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> are you That's a, a tool? Like, are you using a tool or are you a tool? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like when you were mentioning like uh, the the thing, those AI tools that can cut up videos for you and stuff like that. I've experimented with some of them, but I noticed like it can't do the little small details that make all the difference when it comes to like retention and watch time, which is the thing I've noticed about TikTok. I've looked at my analytics for the hundreds of videos I've posted and noticed that any video that gets over 25% retention by the end of the video has a good chance of doing numbers. And I've experimented with this even further taking older videos that had a drop off below 25% by the end of the video and chopping that part of the video off and reposting it. So like I had one video that did like 5,000 views a few months ago. And I noticed that the graph actually starts off like first is there's a big drop, but then it'll stabilize somewhere around like 35% and slowly drop 10 seconds before the end of the video, there would be a sudden decline at the end because the remaining part of that video was not necessary. It could have concluded there. And so I chopped that off, repost it. That 5,000 view video now does 300,000. Small little changes like that. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing I've noticed about TikTok, that 25% rule. That that's hook. game, bro. Yeah, that's dude. Game. That's game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have a certain type of person who likes your content? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say like my audience demographics, uh, it was like 18 to 34, 60% males, 40% females. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean- I wouldn't have guessed that just based yeah, on the type of music you make. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of where where it's at i think it comes down to my how i brand myself too like how i present it i have found that people in the united states actually don't listen to my music that much but in other countries my streaming goes crazy like it was to the point that um i had a few friends because producers reach out to me all the time um and so some of them i like work with there was this one guy named brocky that I, he had some dope beats so we were connecting and he said like his other friends were finding my music too at the same time and so like i had like extreme popularity in like new zealand and in germany and uh, london and these other places that i've never been to but in the united states it's kind of like cricket so <laughs> it's kind of funny yo <laughs> that'd be kind of crazy it's like if your first shows are in europe that'd be yeah, so that, cool that's the, that's the move that's the move man that's what we're going towards 2024 man yeah i think it was russ who said it his first few songs that blew up were internationally. I think one was particularly like Argentina or Brazil, some South American country. And then I think one in the Middle East or something where he did a shout out to like some type of Middle Eastern girl or whatever, and it blew up there. And so it's weird. I think maybe for music, this is just a theory, but maybe it's like that international audience is far less competition than in the US. Obviously Agreed. here you have to deal with like the, the labels, the big names, that's a, hard, a lot of competition. But internationally, if you can speak to a particular audience or maybe follow a sound that a region enjoys, then it's far less competition and you can actually make a name for yourself. Agreed. And my music, like what I pride myself in is just relatability. Um, I. I've never tried to present myself as like anything besides as who I am. I think when when others listen to my music, they they can like uh, feel themselves in that song. You know, I don't. I'm not out here talking about like yeah, you know this and that. Like I have my ice my and this and like you know. And it's nothing wrong. It's nothing wrong with the culture that is with hip hop. And I actually love the braggadocious culture, but I personally didn't subscribe to that. You know, I was a lame in high school, bro. Like I was an artist. Like I think any creative was like, you know, I just stayed in my room and played soccer and like didn't really mess with anybody. So that kind of shines through that introverted side. And for other people across the world, I think that don't have any context of what it is like to be in the United States. It's just more like human to human and that's why it does so well yeah i think we have an advantage being introverts because we can just sit in our rooms to me it's just a camera it's not another person i don't feel <laughs> emotionally exhausted yeah. conversing with it <laughs> I, I do live streams once a week and okay. literally yesterday I, it was like three and a half hours or something just staring into a camera on TikTok and simultaneously streaming on YouTube and Twitch. And it's just a bunch of comments. That's all it is. It doesn't feel like a real person. Although I know there are real, real people on the other side, but I can do that like endlessly and 
I don't know. I don't think an extrovert can sit down and just lock themselves in and go create stuff at length, which is, yeah, I think, absolutely. a natural advantage we have. So to any introverts out there, if you apply yourself in certain ways, you can you can make something happen. As far as like social media, originally I thought Instagram was like some stupid stuff that honestly I never cared for. But it turns out there is a hunger there for knowledge. There's a hunger there for interesting things, things that elevate the mind, which I did not expect. I didn't expect is a happy accident for the type of content I make. I don't have a niche. So for me, it feels like every time I post a video, I'm earning views every time from scratch, which weirdly means that people hit the follow button because they like my personality. That's why I followed because I, <laughs> I think someone shared it on a story, actually. And I was just like, oh, this video is super cool. I watched a couple other ones. I was like, oh, this video is cool. And I don't I follow like very little people now. Um, I think I only follow like 30 people. <laughs> and you want to. It's, uh, and for me, why I did that is um, I was just going through a process of like artist rebirth, but uh, I just didn't want to see stuff on my feed that I didn't want to see anymore. Um, and I was like, why am I following people from 10 years ago that I don't care about? And outside of just, you know, being another human being and, you know, I don't want to see this stuff. So I, I felt like I wanted to be more intentional and your content just really spoke to me. I just thought it was dope. I thought it was unique. I think one thing that I liked most about it is uh, your, you shine through a little bit. Uh, and I, was, I thought that was cool, man. Kudos to you. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. I think we're in that era of authenticity, which for, for sure. the longest time, man, especially on Instagram, it's like a lot of fraudsters, a lot of people displaying lifestyles and images that aren't true or even telling people what they want to hear when they don't believe it themselves. Yep. And I've taken a different approach. And you can see I it, bro. You can see it. You know yeah. what? I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, go for it. Go for One it. One thing that I sit and I look at is the, is the fake inspirational content and hear me out. So like I'm a, I'm a, um, I'm like a believer. Like, you know, I believe in Jesus. Sorry <laughs> to the people who hate that, but that's just, you know, who I am. So that comes through a lot in my music. But one thing that I wanted to change, it was like, I don't want to be a person that's just so like, oh, follow your dreams and inspiration that I, I was noticing. It was like this trend in my music where it wasn't authentic anymore. And I was like, OK, I need to kind of take a step back. And on the next project, I was like, yeah, let me put some of my sad emotions in there. Let me put some like more aggression and other stuff that shows my humanness and even in my content, because one thing that I personally can't stand is I'll see people say like, it's almost like they just Googled, okay, what are some inspirational quotes? And then said it on the camera. I'm like, bro, that's, I just read that shit like you know, 10 minutes ago. <laughs> like, what do you, it's, you can like see through it. You can see through it. And yeah, I think we need more like, I just, just realness. You just gotta be, you know, real. So yeah. I went on a little tangent, my fault. No, 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 this is good. This is good. I like this thread yeah. because like, I think this is infecting all the different niches. Like in the fitness world, you have like the Sam Silex. For those of you who don't know, he's like, he's on gear. He's using steroids, but he just keeps it raw and real. His workouts are like 40 minutes long. He'll post them on YouTube, slightly edited, but basically you get to see everything. There's nothing hiding. There's no perfect lighting. There's no like, oiling himself up to take pictures for Instagram. None of that. <laughs> like like you see a lot of fitness influencers do and they're noticing the changes in the audience. And I think that's sort of what I'm trying to appeal to when I started this. Just like, what if it's possible to build an audience by being completely authentic and honest, which wasn't the game a few a couple years ago, like and even now, sometimes, you know, when I see content out there that just it's like from this side of the camera, it's easy to see. It's like, all right, they're just saying that stuff. They don't actually believe it. Or they're telling people what they want to hear because they know it's going to get views. Or they say something incendiary knowing it's going to trigger some people to get the comment section going. Or they just make dumb content because it can catch some eyeballs and whatever. I've just chosen like there's certain things I won't do, even if it means that I know I could be more successful and grow faster. And I've just decided this authenticity thing. Let's try it. Let's try it and see if we can make it happen. And so far, it's, I guess, it's a relative success. But I think it'd be interesting to see if we can, if I can take it bigger. Um, Most definitely you can. Yeah. Most definitely you can. Um, and I, I think I was actually thinking about this the other day. I was, I was talking to another friend of mine at length about it, actually. Um, the problem with, like, uh, so I said, 
probably close in the same age. Like our age group was the last generation that knew life before the internet. Like when I was a kid, I still remember like, I, like, I still remember like my um, dad had a, uh, a flip phone with the antenna out. The technology was there, but I, you know, I was played outside and stuff. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, a thing. And I think iPhones didn't even really become like mainstream to like high school for real. It was just totally different. And one thing that I find for how social media has changed people and the way people think is no one stands for something anymore. You just, it's all about like, what can I do to get views, but not like, no, what matters to me? What do I believe in? And what's really hard is I don't think we are supposed to be exposed to this many different opinions and perspectives all at the same time. And so you're like, hey, I like like red apples <laughs> this is an example right and then you see a video of someone saying don't eat red apples somebody is you know like that's this is from the government and this and that or someone is like if you eat a red apple that means you hate like dogs or this <laughs> is like and so you just you can't even what if i still want to eat the red apple though right like despite those things like and it doesn't matter what it is that you think or how you view something, there's always going to be an opposing opinion. There's always going to be an opposing perspective. So it makes it really hard to be rooted and stand for something. And especially when you want your content to shine through, you're just trying to appease the biggest audience, A, or, or secondly, cause the biggest controversy as possible to grow your stuff um you see it with like Lil Nas X and I'm not a hater like um I'm like completely I'm, I'm completely in support of an artist because I understand how hard it is to be an artist but you see with a lot he's a the newest example but you see with a lot of artists that when they're putting out their albums it's just okay how much controversy can I cause with this promotion it's not really about like the art or what it stands for it's just about numbers and views and so i don't know i just think for you standing on something and for more people that decide hey this is my lane and this is where i'm gonna draw the line in the sand i think that's really cool and it's giving others a different perspective on how to live their life you know yeah yeah here's the thing i want to fair warning to anyone watching this like standing on business on your lane on how you're going to conduct yourself especially when doing something public facing is the harder path. It is the harder path. It's easy to go with the flow and say the right things and avoid certain things because, you know, maybe the platforms are don't reward it as much. Or honestly, I probably don't want to give the advice of like pushing the edge, but it's something I've chosen to do in a lot of the stuff that I make. But I think it does avoid this audience capture problem, which is a recent problem because of the way the platforms work. It's this idea that you lose yourself in the process of making content out there for people because you start tailoring it in a way that the algorithm rewards. And so this is how you find people who like get those super, super niche, only doing that one thing and they can do it well and do it again and again. And then that's all they become. And they lose all the other aspects of themselves as any human is a multifaceted person. Mm -hmm. But because of the way social media operates and what it rewards and how the audience actually rewards this through their engagement, you become only a fraction of what you once were. Then you lose yourself and you have been successfully captured by the audience. And I've chosen <laughs> as part of this journey, I will not lose myself as part of this. Don't do like, it. Yeah, I won't. Don't yeah. It, and a warning to you out there, if you're going to do this or if you're on this journey, um, be very careful that you don't lose yourself because it's almost like you're losing your soul. Um, Dude, it sucks. It sucks. And and what happens is the passion that you had for what you did will be gone and you'll just be looking like, what the bleep, like what's happening? Like I said, bro, earlier in this podcast, I, I that happened to me. Um, I started getting numbers. I found out what people liked and I just made songs like that and they did well. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't me anymore. It was just town <laughs> that's all it was and it sucked and it made me so depressed bro i was like yeah i, I i'm i'm glad i you know kind of turned around on it but you for a fact will lose yourself and what's messed up is i don't think some people find themselves again man and that's what's that's the danger like you're a lucky one if you're able to kind of get back on track but that doesn't happen to everyone you oh, know that's, that is tragic man yeah and, and so it's 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 the it's the danger of you know putting yourself in in the public opinion because we're humans and you can make a video tomorrow and um here prime example shout out to aka super athlete future olympian he's a pole vaulter one of the best pole vaulters in the uh, country um current uh 
coach at Kent State. He would post a lot of videos of doing outrageous stuff like backflips, everything athletic. Um, good friend of mine. And uh, he posted one video of him like doing like a punching exercise or something. Not a boxer at all, but just it loves everything about athletics. And the amount of hate that he got in the video of people saying, oh, your form is terrible. Like you suck. You need to get in the gym. And it's just like, bro, like I just wanted to post. The, I just wanted to post the video. And, you know, fortunately for him, he has mental fortitude. So it didn't really bother him. But for some people that really make them depressed and, you know, like curl up in a ball and not want to do it anymore. So when you're making, when you're putting anything out into the world, you have to be ready for the good or the bad that comes with it and be strong enough to keep doing what you want to do and not what everyone else tells you to do. Facts. Yeah. Like, uh, I think people don't appreciate the amount of hate you can get. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I have stories, bro. Like the most notable one was I actually got invited to call into the Sam Cedar radio show. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I don't, for those of you who aren't familiar, he's like a political whatever guy and he talks politics and apparently people are like, oh man, he's the king of social security, whatever. And I had posted a video, <laughs> one of my videos about like how he's wrong about pretty much everything that he said, but he invited me as a challenge to come on his show. So I was like, all right, whatever. This is before I got significant clout, clout like I do now. Invited on a show, called in. Mm -hmm. In the end, it was a mid conversation by both of us, but obviously his fans support him. And so the flood of hate I got from people, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> like, yo, they were following me. So this started off, he saw the video on Twitter. So I was getting a flood of hate on Twitter, but then they started following me on other platforms and then following me there and leaving hateful comments on random videos or whatever. People don't understand like the vengeance or the, the, the demonic energy people can have mm -hmm. to like follow you and try to ruin your spirit yeah. uh, because you put yeah, some content cool. out online it's crazy have you had anything like that i've been spared so far so far but uh as i'm gearing up to post a lot of content this year it's gonna happen for sure yeah um i just think there there's like the the process of just letting go and you just like again you just got to stand on what you stand on um because just as many as many people are going to hate you you're going to have people that will love you for what you are, what you believe in. And you can't do it for the validation um, or the vengeance. You just got to do it for you um, and what matters to you. So I've been spared, but I'm sorry that that happened to you, man. <laughs> no, see, that's the thing. It made me tougher as a person. Like there's nothing anyone could ever say to me that I'm just like, whatever. Usually it doesn't come like small amounts at, at a time. It's usually a flood of it. And that's the nature of like making content that is authentic, that's also opinionated. I think the opinionated part really bothers people. I think one strategy some people might take is like being milk toast and middle of the road, being gentle and considering all sides. And even those people will get hate, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, if you're going to get hate, no matter what, yeah, you might as well just say what you think for real. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, it's going to come no matter what. And I had a theory. I don't know if this is true, but I'm playing it out with my own content in my own life. Like inevitably you will get canceled if you put content out here and you stand on anything even righteous things you will inevitably get canceled it's just a matter of time so if that's the case then you might as well just say what you feel is true what you feel is right what's true to you yep and uh that's where the authenticity authenticity comes in that's how i've been living and i'm experimenting with my own content so sure. i'll let y'all know how it turns out <laughs> yeah yeah one of the things i did not expect is the connections i would build with people by putting stuff out. Like I've gotten the chance to connect with people all across the country who work in all these diverse areas with all these different backgrounds who have become friends essentially all through online and even gotten a chance to meet a couple of these people in person, That's which cool. man, I did not expect. And so it's like, you're also building a network of people that may be useful one day, but it's even just finding like-minded people out there, or at least people you can have dialogue with. You don't necessarily all have to agree on a lot of things across political or ideological spectrum. But the fact that you can engage with people honestly with dialogue and discourse that are all coming from a genuine place is a hard thing to find in just randomly in the world. So it's like the internet has enabled us to build communities, which I'm not sure what the long-term play of this is, but 
I really enjoy the process in meeting all the different people, including yourself. Like you sent that DM and I was just like, that could be a pot. We could, we should just do a podcast. I was like, all right, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then hopefully all the people watching this, they, they get some useful information out, out of this. And then maybe we, we build connections with them too. A piece of advice I would give to people who want to get on this journey, the people in your life closest to you probably won't be the most supportive people you'll that's find fact. it's strangers, strangers on the internet. Yeah, that's facts. That's yeah. facts for sure. It was the same way uh, with my music. I'm from a small town called Dayton, Ohio, um, and it's a city. And I always say it's like, if one person moved away, it would be a real town. <laughs> like, it's just, uh, a lot of people don't know, but flight was invented there. So all the airplanes and stuff that we have today, um, it started right there in the city where I grew up. Wow. Um, and uh, it's so interesting because uh, the Wright brothers who invented flight, they had to go to like North Carolina to actually successfully fly the first airplane. And I say it's the same way with th that city. There's a lot of um, super successful musicians, um, super successful business owners. Uh, there's a lot of billionaires, a lot of crazy things. Um, Freon was invented there. I believe Cheez-Its was invented in Dayton, uh, like all these things. But since it is like that small town, you have to kind of leave to be able to actually grow your brand. And it was the same with my music. Um, and all those million streams, um, I don't think 10,000 of them came from the city that I'm from. And that's, you know, that's the bummer. And I love my city, right? Uh, I love the people that's from it. But I also recognize that in order to become the person that I wanted to become, I had to be willing to uh, break away. And I think that's the hardest part for um, artists, but also the your greatest strength because you're constantly letting go of these creations like, every day. You're like, okay, I made this, goodbye. I put it in a little boat in the ocean and, and let it go. So when it comes to hopping a plane and meeting someone new that's going to take you to another level or being unafraid to DM somebody and start a conversation and just try new things, um, that's kind of a strength that creators have. Because the people that know you the, mo the most are only going to, they're going to know the past versions of you, but not the new you that you're becoming. So, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better, man. It's just, it's a wild journey. And... These are some of the things you might experience. I don't want to take any more of your time, though. This is your chance. Let the people know what you got going on. What's up coming in 2024? So I am working on an album. Uh, it's more like a mixtape, but it's actually my first or my biggest project that I'll uh, put out and be the first project of this year. It's called Kelp. I'll explain why it's called Kelp. Uh, it's actually just an inside joke between me and my friend. Where did it come from? I don't know, but you know, every friend group just has something random. And uh, for me, what this album represents presents is um, just letting go. Uh, like I said, I uh, was in a really dark place as an artist. I feel like I felt like I lost myself. There was a lot that was going on personally. And I wanted to kind of put a stamp in time that says, hey, I'm going to continue to fight for what I believe in. I'm going to continue to be the man that I want to be. And so Kelp is rooted in like stoicism of um, accepting what um, it is and moving on. And in this project, I want to really show all sides of myself uh, the inspirational god-fearing like let's go out and achieve our dream side the aggressive side the braggadocious like yo i just got a bag let's go the sad emotional r&b and so i uh, feel like i got a good range of everything uh and so just stay tuned for that guys because it's coming soon just like a steed but we got problems because i tend to go when people please i disappeared onto my family like oh no and i ain't ever been the same like oh no i want to ride out to the sea smell the breeze feel the sand on the soles of my feet and catch a plane to the yeah yeah see the sun like yeah yeah because i've been feeling that pressure Make up my mind, oh, I'd be a fool if I let this go.